Let's make today the day you start the business that will change your life. You'll learn how at Income School. Income School is about taking your income into your own hands by creating a website that people will love, building a following, and earning a living online. And now your host, Jim Harmer. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Income School Podcast. I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited for this episode because I have on the line with me Shane and Jocelyn Sams. Both of them worked at a school, Shane as a, as a coach and Jocelyn as a librarian, and they decided they were going to start websites about... Uh, you know, Shane about coaching and Jocelyn's about about being a librarian and their websites have just taken off. And so now they have both quit their jobs to spend more time with family and they are killing it. In in July of of 2014 they earned over $140,000 and their monthlies are just doing really really well. So Shane and Jocelyn, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having us. Hey Jim, thanks for having us, buddy. Well, I, I told a little bit of, of your story, but uh, how long did it take you uh, to, to get to get to the point where you're able to quit your job? It took us, Jim, it took us about a year. We started out, we were actually uh, very successful early. Well, the first couple of months we struggled a little bit, but once we kind of figured it out, man, we got, we started making money, but it was more like earning an extra income. You know, it was like a couple thousand dollars a month. That took us about three to four months to really start making money on the internet, but we did not actually feel comfortable quitting our jobs for about a year. So it, we started in 2012 and, some, and in August of 2013, that was when we had our first real good month. We had a five-figure month, like $36,000, I think, and we decided that it was time to quit at that point when we kind of felt like it was stable and we knew that if we were doing that part-time, what could we do if we just jumped all in and, and started the business uh, full time? So it took us about a year to quit our jobs. Okay, that that seems pretty standard for a lot of people that work on, that do things online. That you know, in a year you can build up a lot of traffic and and get some real momentum. For me, it was about the same. I started in February 2011. And it took about a year before it was earning good income. I was still in law school at the time. But, but you know, it was starting to earn good income. And then when law school ended, I was able to quit. It's still scary, though, when you quit. It like, really no matter, is. No yeah. how much you're bringing in, man, it's like, oh, my gosh, are we really doing this? You know? Right yeah. Now. I mean, I... I had really, I mean, I have a really good consistent income, but still every month I say, okay, I got to do that again. I got to make this happen this right. month. You know, it, it yeah, never really goes away. Keep the ball rolling. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you always worry like, okay, am I just seeing the results from work that I did before? And what, what I'm doing right now, is that bringing good income? You know, uh, it's hard to, it, 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 there's always that worry as an entrepreneur. Well, uh, how did you get that traffic early on? I, I mean, you had great success. I certainly have talked to a lot of people who in a year have, have made this transition and started to get a really good income. But at the same time, I, I've had guests here on the podcast, uh, some that I'm ready to publish and some that I have published, who have spent you know three and four years online and still aren't getting the income that I that they're looking for. So and and usually the trouble is traffic. So how did you get that traffic so quickly? Right. Well, 
we actually used a variety of strategies when we were starting our websites. And basically, we just did a lot of good research at the beginning, looking to see, uh, you know, what kind of people were looking for our products and what they were searching for. So a lot of SEO strategies um, when we first started both of the websites, actually. And so we did that. I did things like I would look to see who was number one, who was number two, and the specific keywords that I was targeting and I would try to leave comments on their sites. If it was a forum, I would, you know, leave forum posts, not spammy stuff, but I would actually like participate and um, kind of talk to people and say, hey, I have a website, check it out. Um, And then also I would, uh, there were wikis that I would be able to use because uh, in the school market, there are a lot of wikis, it's like free um, listings that you can add to, sort of like Wikipedia, but for websites and resources. And so I would go in and of course, anyone is able to edit those and I would add my information into those. And we did like a lot of like, I mean, we didn't, we kind of went anti-guru a little bit because a lot of the stuff we saw, like we, we were like, yeah, that sounds good, but it's kind of, I don't know if that'll work. So we kind of just rolled up our sleeves too. And like, we went and found our audience. Like we didn't just do like the standard Google keyword research. We did some of that. I'm not saying that we didn't do it, do that because that's how we found what people were looking for. But then we went and found those people that were searching for that. So we found f- online forums. We joined, I joined every group on Facebook. I'm a member of every football coaching group that exists <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, I, and, and on Twitter, like I would sit, like when we first started, I sat for sometimes two and three hours at a time. I would block off and I would just search tr- uh, Twitter for anything I could that was related to like football coaching. And I would find people with coach in their name and I would connect with them on Twitter because I, I figured if they've got football in their description and it says uh, at coach Jen- you know, Jenkins or whatever, then that guy's probably a football coach. So I went, we went out and found our audience. We didn't just, you know, do the keyword research and hope they would come to us. Yeah, we didn't really wait for them to come to us. And another thing that we did is we would make really cool free stuff. And especially in the education market, that's a really big deal. Like people will share that for you. So you don't have to do a whole lot of sharing work or advertising. We did very, very little paid advertising in the beginning. And actually we do very little now. Yeah. Okay, so you gave away big giveaways on the Smart Passive Income podcast. I, you you described some of those things that you gave away. I mean, like Shane, you gave away a whole coaching playbook, uh, yeah. and that that was a giveaway. You know, your your email bait to get to get to get an email address, sure. and so you're giving away lots of really good information, but. And and you worked on SEO and you did things on social, you know, just trying to get in the conversation as much as you could. Were there any other strategies? I mean, was that all you did and you just did a lot of it? Yeah. And I tell you what we did, though. I mean, the, the key was like it was it was almost like it's like compound interest when you're building an audience. Like you like say we at the beginning when we get our first maybe 50 to 100 emails. Right. Well, we did things to encourage sharing. Like Jocelyn said, you know, we would give away free things and we would say things like share this with a coach, you know, or and like librarians, you know, there's like probably five or six elementary librarians uh, uh, in every school district. So if one librarian found us or Jocelyn connected with one librarian, we would be very proactive and not shy about saying, hey, send this to all the other librarians in your district. Send this to all the other coaches that you're buddies with. 
And we still do that. Like when we do webinars now, we will do uh, prizes, but the prizes are contingent on uh, you have to go to our Facebook page and share this with a coach and you have to actually like share it to their timeline or, you know, e you have to email this to three coaches that, you know, with my name in the uh, blind carbon copy. So we do a lot of things to like really promote that initial audience. We want them to reach out and go get more people in our audience. And that's the thing about giving away these, quote, freemium things, you know, things that are really awesome, but they're free, is that people want to share them. I put a lot of things on Pinterest because my audience is probably 95% female. And so I really spend a lot of time making pictures, making free products that people want to pin over and over. I was looking on my elementary librarian site just the other day, and one of my, uh, it's called Adopt a Shelf program. It's about uh, getting your students involved in maintaining your shelf and helping you as a librarian to keep the library straight and neat. And that had been pinned over 1,000 times. Yeah. Very and cool. Like, yeah, and like, for example, another example, we've been experimenting. You know, Facebook's been a, kind of problematic with the advertising lately, trying to, you know, get your reach up. So we, what, we've experienced, what we've experimented with is groups, like actually joining groups where we can connect people in certain maybe, – maybe we can rally a group around a certain product. It's not, it's not really a commercial group, but it just allows us to go out and find these people that are interested in what we're doing. And I started a group, and I got it up to about 100 people in like the first little bit we had it open. But then I started doing the, these webinars for coaches that were free, and I said – uh, you know, go invite every coach that you know in this space and let and tell them I'm giving away these free webinars. And I wasn't really selling anything, but I just want to find the people in my audience. And that group in about two weeks went from like 100 to almost 1,000 people just by, you know, engaging the audience we had. If you've got 10 people, I mean, all they have to do is go find 10 more people and you got 110 people or whatever. Maybe that math's wrong, but 100 people. So yeah. you got to use what you got, even if it's small. Take care of those people and let them be your advocates. Well, that's very cool. Now, both of you are in pretty niche audiences, especially yours, Jocelyn. I mean, elementary school librarians is kind of be a pretty small group, right? Do you ever uh, feel like you're walled in? Not really. I mean, that's actually one of our more um, traffic generating sites. And I think it's just because, you know, there's a librarian at every elementary school. So you think about our most elementary schools, you think about how many elementary schools there are in the country and not to mention around the world. I have people in my audience that are from everywhere. And so I think it's just that they're very passionate about something. I don't really have a whole, whole lot of competition right now. Um, there are a few bloggers and things like that, but, you know, there's not really anybody out there doing exactly what I do. And it's not necessarily your, your market's small because, like, um, in the coaching world, there's a lot of football coaches, but really on any staff, the only people that are going to be super, like, on the Internet trying to learn more about the game are going to be, like, your head coach and maybe, like, one or two assistants. So... But the key with a niche market is not necessarily the small audience. You can make a lot of money off a thousand people, you know? The key is keep providing valuable products that they want to buy. It's not going to be new people after new people after new people that make you successful. It's going to be remarketing and reselling uh, and providing more value to the people who've already uh, given you money because it's a lot easier to sell to people that have already bought your product. So as long as you keep making great products, and you and you keep taking care of the the people that do find you, you know your audience size is really irrelevant as long as you can get an audience. 
Okay, so as I'm visiting visiting your websites, on Shane, on your website, it's pretty obvious where to find products, even though it's not in your face. You you have a store link where you know you you can find it if you're looking for it, but it's definitely not in your face to find the product. And uh, Jocelyn, on your website, I'm looking for something to buy, and I, I can't find anything to buy. <laughs> but obviously, you're making money. So so maybe start with Jocelyn, and then to Shane, tell tell me how that works. Right, right. Well, mine is not so in your face. Um, I've found that really the best strategy for me is to offer a lot of uh, really premium free things, like I said before. And that's how I get the traffic in. You know, they want that free stuff. They want to use my free resources. And then, oh, by the way, I sell library lesson plans also. Okay, so is that is that mostly how you're making the money is selling the lesson plans? Yes, that's what I do. And I have created an entire year of lesson plans for grades kindergarten through six because most of the time in elementary school libraries, you teach the entire school and you're a part of a rotation with other, it's called special area teachers. So like art teachers, music teachers, PE teachers, things like that. And so Uh, What I do is I create one lesson plan per week per grade level. And so I have a total of 280 lessons and they're, it's a really, really premium product. I tell you exactly what to do every single lesson plan. I even create the resources for you. So if I mention a PowerPoint presentation, that's included. If it's a worksheet or something that's included, everything is included in that package. Okay. And, and uh, how much does that a product sell for? Um, I have different packages. Um, I start at just the fall semester. So you can get just five months for, I think it's $197. Um, You can get the entire year digital only for $297. Or you can get the entire year, uh, it's called deluxe, which means that you get the digital product, the printed product, like a hard copy in the mail. And then you're also going to receive some bonuses of last year's lesson plans because I completely rewrote the lesson plans for the school year and you'll also receive a, a bonus book called 101 library centers it's just an extra book that i had written okay so between 200 dollars and 450 dollars are your offerings yes right. yes and and are there other ways that you're monetizing this site or just those products that's it um pretty much not i mean that's pretty much how i monetize it yeah we but we learned early on like the reason we're so passionate about digital products is because it is way more lucrative. Like we don't even really like to sell in marketplaces like Kindle and stuff right now. Like unless we're doing a product that's going to, unless we want to do something to introduce our products to somebody or uh, it's more for reach is what we use those, you know, those marketplaces because when someone downloads a $200 product from Coach XO or Elementary Librarian or any of our other sites, uh, we keep it. We keep most of that money, you know, so we have just t- and we actually used to have some advertising and we've thought about selling some advertising, but we like to s- advertise our own products. Right. And, in in, you know, like at the end post or in the sidebar, because I don't want unless it's a product I'm an affiliate for and I get a good commission. There's no reason for me to promote someone else when I can promote myself to my audience, basically. Yeah, that's right. I feel the same way. In fact, I've been really hesitant to even include many affiliate products on my website. I know a yeah. lot of people have great success with that, and there's certainly nothing wrong with it. But I just most of the time feel like I, I kind of want to keep them in the walled garden. Yeah, right. Definitely. You don't want them. You don't want to send them to someone else unless you can't provide the service. Like my dad's an insurance agent, but he deals with like 
high risk insurance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like a lot of people will come in, maybe they're not high risk. You know, people who have like accidents or things like that. You know, points on their license. But like if they come in and he can't provide that, you know, if someone comes in and they're like, well, I'm not high risk. He will actually send them to other people because that way, if they ever become high risk, I guess they'll come back, you know. So, like, I've kind of adopted that to like, unless I'm unless I know I'm never going to provide that service. Like, we get people who may want to create like um, physical products or sell things like on Amazon or eBay, and we don't do that. But we actually will just send them to our friends Jessica and Cliff Larue at uh, JessicaLarue.com because they do that. So. If we can push people that way and and give them some value and we're not going and we know we're not going to be able to be to help them anyway, I wouldn't mind, I don't mind sending them to affiliates. Okay. And so Shane on your website, you have much lower cost products from what I can see between 12 and $75 is Yes. Is there a reason that you feel that that, that price point is more fitting for your audience? Yes, because a lot of coaches, like I said earlier, I have to, I have a different kind of strategy on my site. Like I've got to figure out exactly like what people are doing before I can sell them something higher end. And not all coaches are going to be interested in a higher end product. Like, you know, Jocelyn's product is ridiculous. It's like, it represents thousands of hours of work because it's the first day of the school year until the last day of the school year. Right. Whereas, whereas a lot of my products might be something you only use for a day or a week or may, you would use them in the season, but you would use it over and over again. So I focus really a lot on getting people in and learning about them. I want to know, are they the head coach? Are they the assistant coach? Are they... Um, a coordinator? Do they call offensive plays or defensive plays? So I really focused all my time on community building and getting people to join groups. Like they, they tell me what defense they run or they tell me what position they coach. And then I can sell them lower cost products like entry level products, like, you know, small playbooks or maybe how to coach quarterbacks or something like that, you know, kind of a, a smaller entry level product. And then once I figure out who they are and, and what they coach, I can. I actually have much higher end products. Like I've got a product right now that's two hundred dollars, and um, what it is, it's like season long support, like a membership site, like for a specific defense where I help you make game plans every week. Very so, cool. Yeah. So basically, though, but those I don't throw those out on the main site because it's it, it takes up space. And until I know about you, and until I know what you're doing, if you're a youth coach, you're not going to spend five hundred dollars. If you're a high school coach that wants to win a state championship. You might want to spend $500 to learn something I need to teach you. So I just try to put the low-cost stuff out there. And then once I learn about you, I'll uh, show you the things that I think you would be more interested in. Very cool. And and how is your, your makeup of your income between selling these lower-cost items and the more expensive coaching? Well, the thing about it is the lower-cost stuff always sells a lot more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I sell one play, if I sell one thing for $25, well, I only have to sell one $200 product to make up eight of those. So the the big products are always a much higher percentage of our actual cash flow. But the other products, you know, help us learn about our clients and they support uh, building those bigger products up. Okay. And I think that you also have to look at where the people's money is coming from. Right. Um, for me, I use I will accept school purchase orders, and so a lot of the librarians are able to use school funds to purchase my materials. Ah. And so you know that's how I you know I do sell a lot to individuals too. Yeah, she but, sells about seventy percent, sixty percent is probably still individuals. Yeah, and then so. the rest is our purchase orders. So you know that's just something to consider because coaches are usually pulling stuff out of their own pocket. 
pocket to learn what they want. And even the guys at the bigger programs, you know, with the way academics and athletics are funded now, they don't have a lot of extra money in the booster club account to go out and buy high end products. Right. So there is a limit on what I can charge people. So I try to focus on, you know, hey, if you like this uh, defensive drill book, well, next year you'll like another one. I'll give you new drills and I can kind of spread their cost out over time so they can afford it. But I'm still I'll make money up over time as much as Jocelyn makes it maybe in one hit. Does that make sense? Yep, I understand. So between these two sites, so uh, w- which one's earning more? Which are you seeing better success with? The, the school sites that we have, we have multiple sites, some other sites that we've not uh, mentioned on air, but like our school sites definitely do much better because they have access to bigger funds and we can charge more money for them. But they're also more seasonal. Right, um, right now is our really big season because school is just starting back. But then toward the end of the school year, you it's know, consistent, but it's not big hits. Yeah, you know people, people kind of start getting ready for summer and things like that and they're not as interested in purchasing materials at that time so what we've done is we've we've started you know we have a lot of other sites in place that are uh, designed to keep our income where we can keep it really high monthly so we've started looking at like uh, not just like for example we have really good sales really good sales in our education stuff from like july maybe june all the way through maybe november Mm-hmm. And then the spring is a little less, so we've started adding other things in those months and months like, you know, like you said earlier, oh, am I going to make this again next month? Well, that's what the last year of our business has been after we quit our job is shoring up that whole year where we're really making all this money every single month. So that's what we're diversifying um, into different similar niches, but different niches. And so why are you spreading to to so many domains? Why not keep all your school stuff on one site? Because it makes it feel like more of a community. Like I don't, like, we don't want to just say like all teachers come here because that's just everybody you know in one place. Like an elementary librarian means you come to elementary librarian. And like we have another site that we're actually working on right now called ushistoryteachers.com, mm-hmm. and that's in its very infantile stages. But we have a that's lot of more, history teachers there. That's more middle high too, and so mine is elementary. So they sort of are you know, kind of different. We don't want to be Facebook. We want to be, this is the place where your people show up. We don't want everybody on it. And, uh, and if we need to serve a new market, we'll just create a new site to serve that market, even though it's underneath our umbrella of what we're doing. Okay. Well, I, I, that's a really interesting strategy is, uh, creating a lot of smaller sites. It definitely creates a lot of, a lot more work for you to maintain a lot of sites and to get the traffic up on each one of them. But I can really see your point here of, of wanting each person who comes to the website to feel like, ah, yes, I'm a U.S. history teacher and not just like, this is a big corporation and let's see if maybe they have something that I can grab. Yes, exactly. That's sort of our philosophy. Huh, that's very and cool. There, and there's ways to overcome the work. Like in the beginning, we you know we only had two sites. We worked on our own things. But now, as we've started multiple projects, uh, we have hired people to do things. And and you know when you make more money, you can start hiring people out to to do more stuff. So like we've taken a lot of stuff off our plate so that we with v- virtual assistants or outsourcing you know the web design of our sites or whatever. We've taken some of that off of our plate so that we can focus on content, product, and community building. Okay. So you, you have a bunch of different sites. They're, they're all earning some amount of money, some better than others, and some at different times of the year than others. What would you say your average individual site is making on a consistent basis, on a monthly basis? 
well, we don't really look at it that way. We kind of throw everything into the pot. You know okay. what I'm saying? Because they're all they're, we we kind of consider them folders within a folder. Does that make sense? Sure. So basically, our overall business, which uh, we actually have a you know a business account set up, you know, it's like called Sam's Digital. That's what we call our overall company. Uh huh. And um and right now right now it's high six figures. Yeah, a month. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. And and how about overall traffic? I think we just. We're a pro. I think we've had like in the last year somewhere around two million hits on all sites combined, or something like that. Or wow, I, I'm not. We don't really look. We don't get into traffic too much because our to us the only number that matters is that uh, money in the bank account, and and we kind of look at those other things to lead to that. But we don't get hard into analytics. We just look at the overall big picture. Okay, so tell me what a typical work day looks like for you. Um. <laughs> It kind of varies. I mean, we, we're starting to get more into calendaring things. That's such a powerful thing because if you don't have it on the calendar, you know, your day goes a whole lot differently. So now we're really starting to put things on the calendar, including like taking our little boy to school. We have uh, usually after that we go to the gym and work out a little bit. Um, then we come home and depending on, on what day it is, we usually have a couple of days that we work on individual projects. And then we'll have another couple of days where we work on our joint project. And uh, we just started a new site, flippedlifestyle.com. And we usually take a couple of days a week to work on that. Okay. And we schedule things in like, uh, we've started taking on like consulting. Like we've had so many requests for people. We just we had to put that in the calendar. Like on Thursdays, we try to um, set up consulting dates where if people need help with their website or their traffic or whatever they're doing. So like we just put those in spots. And we always start, though, with our life. Like we never schedule out the business stuff until we know what we're going to do that day for our family. Like today, you know, we know we're going to take our little boy to school. We know we're going to go to the gym. I came home and uh, uh, played some Halo on Xbox <laughs> with my brother for about 30 minutes because I hadn't got to talk to him in about a week. So we decided to block some time out for that. We're going to we're working like right now. We consider this work time when we're doing interviews on podcasts. And then like later on, we're uh, at four o'clock like today, we're taking our little boy to swim practice and my nephew plays football tonight. So we put all those things on the schedule for the week first. And then we are super flexible about when we work because we know that we have to work so many hours a day. But we can do it whenever we want. We can do it in the car when we're driving, you know, down the street uh, with our laptops and our hotspot. So we always schedule those things first, and then we kind of just fill in the work as we've got time to do it. Okay. And um, how, how about how how many pages are you writing a day? Are you writing, publishing every single day on your websites, or are you creating a body of content and letting it kind of sit on the site? Yeah, what we do is we try to batch our content creation. And so like maybe one day uh, it will be on our schedule for each of us to write two articles or two blog posts for Flip Lifestyle, for instance. Um, I, for, on the elementary librarian side, I'm starting to outsource some of the content a little bit to some of my readers, actually. So some of the people who have been my readers and customers, they're now starting to write articles for me. And so that's how I'm doing it on that one. And what's in it for them? Why are they writing? Um, I do pay them a little bit to do that, and they volunteer. You know, they applied to do it. So I have like six or seven people that are going to start writing articles for me now. And how much do you pay for an article? Um, it's going to be between twenty to thirty dollars per article, depending on the content and quality. 
That's what I'm doing as well. I, I in fact, spent my entire day yesterday working on this. I my my main website was a personal n- not a personal blog and that it was you know all about me but it was written by me one author blog for a long long time and then recently I started doing that I, I eventually just said okay I can't keep up with two podcasts a week on one show one podcast a week on another no show doubt. and writing on the website every day come on it, so the the website traffic just got really stale because there yeah. wasn't enough stuff going up. And so what I did is I just sent out on Facebook, Facebook, the Facebook group for the the website, and just said, "Hey, I'm I'm paying if you'll write articles." And then what I did is I got a group of about thirty people on a Facebook group, a private group, and then I every week I just go in there and say, "Hey, I'm buying these ten articles. Go write them." And right. and people will comment and say, "Okay, I'll write this one. I'll write this one." And then they write it. It goes to an editor that that we also have hired, and it's able to, it's published. So I I like that system because I can I kind of have control of what's being written. Because some people you know they they're a brand new blogger they've never done this before, so they'll come up with crazy ideas that just won't work well for the website. So I like <laughs> picking the the headlines and topics for their articles, and then having them writing it. That, that's a great idea. And what I do something similar to that, but what I do is like I. I have the I have BuddyPress set up where I've got kind of like a social network set up on my site. It's like right. you know it's it's like forums times a million basically. Mm-hmm. But I do have forums in the background, and what I will do is I will go and uh, I will start a ton of forum topics, and like basically let the discussion flow from all the coaches that use my website. And usually what happens when I want to write some content quickly for Coach XO is I can get a lot of feedback on a topic very quickly just by the coaches talking about it and then just kind of go through and polish it up into a, you know, more of a concise article. And I can publish that as a blog post. Or if I see someone is really knowledgeable about something in the forums, I'll, uh, I'll actually contact them uh, through BuddyPress. I'll just send them a message and say, that was a great forum post. Would you like to turn that into an article? And I just send them to my link where people can submit articles. Cause if you catch somebody on your forums or comments, writing a book, They'll probably do your article writing for you actually for free because they like to write. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's another great way to get some extra content for your website. That that's a great strategy, and one I'm really anxious to get a, a good forum system up on my website. I've debated doing it for a long time because I always think think like, man, I would never sign up for a forum. I I just ah, I, it just feels like 1990s. I would never sign up for one. But the truth is that the sites that have them have a ton of content and they're not doing any of the work. And so I've got to find a way to make that work in my head. Jocelyn is actually, Jocelyn does not use forums. It's funny because like, I'm like my entire website is built on the wall and the newsfeed and the forums (laughs) and then like, and it's like, it's successful. And then Jocelyn has absolutely no forums at all. And, uh, and hers is successful too. So I think it's just a matter of what your audience needs. And Mm -hmm. as long as you're giving it to them, you're cool with it. So, yeah. Huh, very cool. I, I I love seeing that and looking at at these four websites that you've shown already: uh, the U.S. History Teachers, Coach XO, the uh, Elementary Librarian, and your Flip Lifestyle website. That's one of the first things I noticed is they all have different designs and they're they're just like 
totally different websites. You would never know that they're the same. Uh, when I make a new website, I want the same theme. I want the same everything <laughs> that I have. And uh, I mean, in some ways it's good. It, it saves me a little bit of time in, in getting my system working, but but I think it, it also makes me not quite as flexible as I should be too and trying something different in a different niche. Yeah, I think that's just part of working together because we are such different people and we like such different things. And so I think as a result of that, you know, our websites are just really, really different. Yeah, yeah, that, I think that's really cool. Well, what's what's the plan for the future now? I mean, where where do you see this going? What are you what are you actively working towards? Well, we, we definitely have found out, I mean, our passion is definitely helping, I think, educators in a lot of ways. And um, we will never stop doing that, building new sites to help, you know, educators save time. Um, education is an extremely underappreciated, um, it is a stressful job. And we know because we have been teachers, because we have been, you know, Jocelyn's been a librarian, I've been a football coach, we really understand the pain points of those people and we know what people need help with. So we're always going to be expanding, I think, the education side of our business. But the thing that really has got us uh, pumped up is fliplifestyle.com because when we first started really making money, and I t I've told this story in a couple other places. The same month that we had our first five-figure month, we had we had a friend named Lindsay, and she was uh, stopped. She was going to let go of her job being an elementary school teacher to stay home with her little girl, and um, she was going to have you know another baby. So she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Well, we kind of approached her and her husband, and and uh, we kind of started talking, and she started asking about how we were making money on the internet and how we quit our jobs and. They didn't really want to get into website building, but we were kind of like, you know, you don't really have to have a website. You just need to have a product and somewhere to sell it. So we kind of taught them how to create a digital product. She made something for Jocelyn's site, and it sold really well. And we were able to give them, uh, actually pay them like $1,000 one month. And they were so appreciative and so thankful for that kind of money, you know, to, to give them some room in their budget. And Jocelyn and I kind of looked at each other and said, you know, we could probably teach anyone how to do this. So, and, and we, we really started having a lot of people asking us for help and we didn't, we couldn't fit everybody into our schedule. So we started Flip Lifestyle so that we could create a process where people could choose a niche, find what they could create that they knew enough about or that they were interested in, get a digital product and get it out there for sale and use like social media marketing uh, to get it in front of people, even if you didn't have a website. So that's what's really got us fired up right now. We've had thousands of people contact us lately. I think our podcast has been listened to in like 45 countries and like, I mean, just thousands of people in the last few weeks, couple weeks. And, uh, and it's just awesome to see that response. And it's just got us really super fired up right now. That's awesome. I, I, that's, I, that's really cool. I, I love the direction you're taking. And I, I love seeing people online who are doing stuff. I, I see so many people or I talk to so many people, especially on this podcast to, you know, get an hour of consulting with me, you know, pay for an hour of consulting, something like that. And I talk with them and it's like, it's so often that, that the problem is you need to go to posts add new and write something, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to find out a million tricks, uh, and, and shortcuts toward things. I love seeing you guys just 
doing these things, whether it's perfect or not, whether it's ready or not, and just getting stuff out there. And the result is when I look at your sites, they're gorgeous. They they work well. The content, there's tons of content and it's good content. Uh, I, I just love seeing people who are doers and doing things. Right. And, you know, that's really the strength of us working together because Shane is a jump off the cliff kind of person. And I am a, oh, wait a minute, we need to know what's going to happen once we get down there. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it works out really well because, you know, our things aren't perfect. We certainly do not have it all figured out. I just always tell people that we have done more things right than we have done wrong. And that's the reason that we've been successful. That's awesome. And, And, you know, as far as doing things wrong, Everybody is going to have failures. Right? Every day. Every All the day. time. You know, I, I can't tell you several products I've, I've done a ton of research on. I've surveyed. I've even done focus groups to make sure this one is going to work. And they just flat on their face die. And others yep. that I've talked to other people that I really respect in the business, kind of told them my idea. And everybody's like, no, don't do that. This is terrible. And it kicks butt. I, I mean, <laughs> yep. you just you you just have to try a lot of yeah. things, and, and you can't some get of it's going to stay. You can't get mad when you do mess up. Like for example, I'll give you a great example of this. Like we uh, so we had this. We we really wanted to. S, the SPI community and Pat Flynn have given us so like so much. You know what I mean over the years, and we were like, man, we're going to be on Pat. Let's we've got to give out something like spectacular. So we created this six video like e course that would like legit like if you just follow the steps. And with a little bit of trial and error, you could get a digital product online. But what was funny was uh, we, we, we created like a pop-up. Well, we created a site. It was like a it was a flippedlifestyle.com slash pat where we wanted people to go. They could give us their email to get access to this video course. Dude, I sent like uh, there's so many people that went to that site and I totally spelled like two words totally wrong. So <laughs> like we and we didn't notice it for like till there was like hundreds of people that had been like through there to get the videos. And like and I'm like, ah, they'll just chalk it up to us being some rednecks from Kentucky and we can't spell but like I, I mean it doesn't matter. I mean if you make a typo, if you do something I mean, as long as you're providing value and your heart is in the right place then people are going to respond to it. So you can't get caught up in all the little minute details of everything. And Jocelyn didn't proofread that. That's why it was so spelled wrong. Exactly, yeah. So I, I try to do that because Shane's not the best speller. Like <laughs> I, I just do things very quickly, and I don't spell check or proofread. So. I'm not saying who it is, but one person <laughs> in this marriage doesn't spell well. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, on paper, I mean, elementary librarian probably should not have worked at all. But it has, it is thriving. And, you know, like I said, I I don't do everything right, but I've done enough right. So, and the bottom line is, we always refer to a book by Simon Sinek, Start With Why. And people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. So that's what you have to keep in mind when you're doing any of this kind of stuff online. That's very cool. All right. So, I think that the one, I mean, everybody listening to this is going to be inspired by your success and and love the things that you're doing. But one sticking point that I think a lot of them are going to have is, you know, I start a website, I put it up there, I have the content, and nobody is coming to the site. So, you know, when you talk to somebody who's in that space, and I've talked to a lot of them who, like, I go to their website and, yeah, it that they really do have some awesome stuff uh, and are just not getting the traffic. 
what what's kind of the one two three? I mean, I mean, of course it differs on each site, but but if you had a site like that, what would you start working on today? I would start by going out and you find the audience. It's not enough to just build it and they will come. That's pie in the sky stuff. We, you know, a lot of our work is going out and finding the audience. I still to this day spend probably 20 to 30 minutes on Twitter a day looking for football coaches that have not found me yet. And you cannot just, you, you've got to go join groups, not just to get yourself a part of the conversation, but you've got to do the research and go find where I guarantee you, if you have a niche and you have an interest and you know, other people have the niche and interest, they are congregating somewhere. You are not building the first website or the last website that's going to reach that niche. You've got to go find all those places where they're already congregating and you've got to get yourself out and do it. Even if it's going somewhere live, you have got to go find a way. You've got to go get the audience. You can't just sit and wait for them to show up. And, you know, it's not just about traffic either. Once you get people to your site, you need to have them a reason to stay on your site. It's not just enough to write compelling content. I mean, that is important, but you need to give them something to value where they say, wow, you know, this is cool stuff and I need to come back here. Consistently and, give them stuff yeah, over and, and over again. Make it where they want to continue to come back to your website and better yet, tell friends about it. Yeah, and like what we've been, what we've started doing, you know, we started out, you know, all the gurus say, give your lead magnet, have this nice little thing in the sidebar where you give away your free ebook or whatever. But that's not enough. That is absolutely not enough because a lot of people are going to take that free ebook and they're out. So we actually create a brand new free uh, lead magnet for every single post that we do on every website. And then when, once we get you on our email list, we send you an email every single week where you're going to get something else new for free that is going to help your life get better. But there's going to be a link back to our site to make you come back for it, to go get it. So you can't just give away one lead magnet. You know, it, it doesn't have to be a big thing every week. It can be small. You can record a five-minute video to teach them how to do something, whatever. But you have got to give away free stuff over and over consistently on your blog, on your email list, on your social media. You've got to keep them there. And it's not just free stuff. You know, it's all about providing value. Yeah, Provide true. them some kind of value, and they will come back, and they will tell other people about you. Mm, very cool. Now, Shane, you talked about going out and finding your audience. So what do you do when you're on Twitter? You know, you, you said you look for these coaches, and then what? Well, a lot of times what I'll do, you know, like so we don't do this on some of our Twitter accounts, but like on CoachXO, like coaches are very social beings. So, like, I will connect with them. I'll follow them a lot of the time, you know, and they usually follow me back. And then um, I'll clean my list up every once in a while so I'm not following so many people. So I do do some of that. And uh, when I reach out and talk to them, I'll go to Facebook groups and I'll type in, like, you know, uh, football coaches or 4-3 defense or 3-5 defense or um, sometimes I'll even be, like, youth football, whatever. I just look for new groups anywhere where coaches are already um, talking. I'll go there. I'll make friends with them, talk to them. And uh, or I'll provide value. Maybe I'll write a post. Like, let's say I find a group that runs a, uh, the spread offense and I join it and I start engaging in the conversation. Well, then I'll go write a blog post about the spread offense and I'll post it in that group. It'll have value. They'll come read my article. They'll join Coach XO. They'll start congregating with other coaches. So I go out and just try to find where they are and then I connect with them and I always invite them back. My Twitter account, I try to post at least, you know, probably 10 links back to Coach XO every single day. Um, sometimes I automate it. Sometimes I post it myself, but I'll post, you know, Hey, there's a great discussion in the forums right now about tackling and then I'll put a link. 
So I always, once I find them and once I connect with them, I, I'm always bringing them back to my site. I'm not shy about promoting what I'm doing because if you're not, if you're shy about promoting what you're doing, then you're probably not promoting a good enough product and you need to improve it. I know my stuff is good and I know they're going to enjoy it when they get there. So I've got no problem, you know, posting to, uh, every hour on the hour, a link back to coach XO. Yeah. And you know, about what Shane was saying about the automation, I, I always say that I fail at Twitter and I really do. <laughs> I'm just not good at getting on there. It's just not really my thing, but I am on there and I do at least at the very least, you should be automating, po uh, automating Twitter posts to where, you know, you're, you're at least putting the name of a blog post that you have created and a link to it. I do that. And I get a lot of traffic just even from that. Yeah. Don't. And like, if you'll, you'll see a lot of people like, people are always retweeting the group, the gurus or always retweeting things from other people. Do we do a little bit of that? Well, sure we do. And because we have friends in the industry and we want to help and, you know, promote their stuff and things like that. But when I'm, I, it's my Twitter account. I'm sending people back to my website. It's my Facebook account. I'm sending people back to my website. I don't want to, don't just get caught up in tweeting and retweeting everybody else's stuff. The goal is to connect with people, build trust, help them and get them back to your website. So hopefully they can buy things from you. Well, very cool. Well, I really appreciate your time sharing the, the wisdom that you have. I definitely encourage everybody to go check out Flipped Lifestyle and uh, go to the show notes for this episode. I'll have links to some of your other websites so people can get an idea of, of what you're doing. I appreciate your time and thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks so much. It was fun. Yeah, great time, man. Thanks for having us, Jim. When you're serious about launching your website, check out Jim's free step-by-step -step tutorials at IncomeSchool.com. Income School is a production of Improv Photography, LLC. Any opinions expressed by guests and callers do not reflect those of Improv Photography, LLC. Results mentioned not typical. Some links mentioned are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Some calls simulated. Improv Photography, LLC is not a law firm and does not give legal or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a competent licensed CPA or lawyer licensed in your jurisdiction before making business decisions.